and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Overs Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. And tonight on the show, we're talking about why would you use property as part of the Golden Goose? Now, we released a podcast not that long ago and a video actually about the Golden Goose strategy. And I got a great text message from Matt who said, hey guys, just listen to that episode. Was wondering if you could explain why you use high yielding properties when you've got a bit of money and want to build a passive income instead of some other things like fixed interest, maybe a conservative or an income fund, something along those lines. You know, I can see some positives of property, you know, maybe an okay net return, but uh, then you've got to put in a big purchase price, maybe not a lot of diversification. Well, look, here's the thing. When you want to invest and you want a passive income, you can invest in lots of different things. But when creating the Golden Goose strategy, when we came up with this, we didn't just choose property because we're property people. In fact, we've got another strategy, the nest egg, which we'll talk about tomorrow, that doesn't require putting money into property, and you'll hear about that tomorrow. But there are six reasons in total why you would use property or why we chose high-yielding properties. There are some cons too, which we'll do at the end, but let's go through the six key reasons why we recommend high-yielding property for the Golden Goose. Okay, number one, and this is a big one, inflation proofing. So it's important when you retire that the income you get from your assets increases with inflation because the cost of living will go up over time and retirement for you could be 20, 30 plus years. If your income doesn't increase with inflation, then your lifestyle is going to get worse over time. And again, over that 20, 30 year period, this can be significant. So if you took your money out and put it into fixed interest rates or bonds, you need to put money aside from the return to reinvest to make your investment go up to keep pace with inflation. So let me just make sure I understand this. So if I've got some money and I put it aside, I've got to take some of the money from the return I get each year to increase the size of that capital base. Absolutely. Because if you don't, you're not going to keep up with inflation. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you got $2.5 million net assets, you've sold up all your rental properties, and now you can invest it. Now, if you put it into property, you'll live off a 4% net yield. Let's say that's 100K pre-tax income. You live off 76K once you've paid your tax. Cool. So I can spend $76,000 a year. Yep. And of course, rents increase by 4 to 5% each year. So that's relatively consistent over a 20 plus year period. Inflation is on average 2%. So your lifestyle based on this, will actually improve every year. Okay, so if I invest in higher yielding property, that's how my income's going to be inflation-proofed. Yep, so that 76000 will be going up by around 4 to 5% every year, so therefore I've got a better lifestyle even after taking in 2% inflation. Okay, now what happens if I invest in, say, fixed interest bonds, something like that? Right, so today you get a return of 4.5%, so better than the 4% target that we had on property. You get a gross 112 1,500 return. Now, we're going to ignore the fact that inflation is really, really high at the moment. In fact, so high that you're still getting a negative return. We'll just ignore that. So what you're saying is that this is probably an unachievably good scenario because if inflation was lower, that your return from a term deposit would also be lower. Yeah, yeah. But let's just work on today's return, but normal inflation. So remember, you've got to pay tax first. So that's 28,000 gone. You're down now to 84,500. Step two, we need to inflation-proof. So we need to take some of that money from the return and put that back. So 2% of the $2.5 million, that's $50,000. And we say 2% because that's inflation, right? Correct. So we're taking 
2% of the amount we've got under management away from that return, 50,000 off my 84,500, you're only left with 34,500. So we've got the same amount of money, $2.5 million, and in scenario one with your high-yielding properties, you can spend $76,000 a year. Scenario two, where you've got fixed interest, even though it's a higher gross return, more money coming in, you actually can only live on just over half of that $76,000. So your lifestyle is twice as good, in effect, if you go down the high yielding part. And it's all because if you're investing in property, because what you're spending is based on rent, which increases pretty consistently over time, you don't have to inflation-proof your assets because rental inflation will take care of that for for you. Now, the second point is that I would say there's lower risk if you go down the high-yielding strategy. So let's talk about what sort of return you would need to get for the money that you can spend to be equal between high-yielding properties generating a 4% net return and if you were to do fixed interests. I'll tell you what, it's higher than you think. If these were to be equal, you would need to get a 7% return from your fixed interest. 7%? And, and that is to, first of all, pay the tax, second of all, to inflation-proof your assets, and then you get to spend $76,000, right? So let's say you had two and a half mil, you'd need to get a 7% return on that. That would bring in $175,000. You'd then pay just under 50 k of that to the tax man. Then you'd put another 50 k of that towards inflation-proofing your assets, and then you've got residual income, what you could actually spend, $76,000. Now, the question is, what would you need to invest in to get a consistent 7% return? And from my experience, and Andrew, I'm going to come to you because you've got more experience in investment, you would need to take more risk than many retirees, many pitchers would be comfortable taking in order to get a 7% return. Am I off my head? No, absolutely. And we haven't even considered in this that if you're going to invest for 7%, let's say with the best fund manager in the country, you're then going to have to pay them 0.5 to 1.5% in management fees. So you might need to get a gross 8.5% return consistently if you're then going to spend $76,000. Now, look, there are lots of things that you've got to take into consideration. But the fact of the matter is if you're going to invest in things like fixed interest and bonds, you need to get... I would say an unrealistically high return for the amount of risk that many retirees and pensioners would be willing to take. What's pro number three? Stability and income coming in. So rental income is relatively consistent. Interest rates, however, in the market change quite frequently. So what happens if you invested your money in 2019, you're a retiree and you had all your money invested in a term deposit, well, it's three and a half percent. Then two years later, it was down to 0.86%. Those pensioners would have been really struggling to pay their power bill. No, I remember the Facebook comments. I saw them all. They weren't happy about it. (laughs) And now it's 4.5%. So you can't say that your income is going to be stable year to year, even in a conservative fund. In fact, Andrew, last night I was Googling, and year on year, ANZ's conservative fund is down 10.35%. Wow. Now, how does that compare with property? Well, Wellington prices, house prices are down 18%, but median rents are still up $40 a week over the last year. So property gives a stable income stream, even when you've got downturns in the housing property prices. And that's because there is a difference between the rental market and the market for buying property, right? 
And that consistency is what is quite appealing to many retirees when you're looking for a stable income in retirement. The other thing, and this is a quick one, is the payment frequency. You see, term deposits are often paid out annually. So if you invest your money, you're not going to see the benefit of that for the first year after you liquidate your investments. Funds, they might be paid out quarterly or bi-annually. Property, if you're using a property manager, probably twice a month. If you're not using a property manager, could be every single week, depending on how you set it up or what your agreement is with your tenants. And I think that frequency can be very, very appealing for Anybody, actually, but specifically retirees, if you want consistent money coming through, if you get an unexpected bill, you don't have to wait another three months before your next sort of income comes through. Number five, tangible. So it's there. You can understand it. If you've got two, five properties, no mortgage, living off the rent is really simple. If you don't have a tenant, you can always control this as well. So you can drop the rent, you can renovate the property, you can advertise it more. Whereas if your money's in a fund and the value goes down, well, what are you going to do? Call the bank? What are they going to do? The market's down. Tough luck. And the other thing that is kind of obvious, number six, is you still get some capital growth. Now, it will be lower than previously because you're investing in yield properties when you're doing this for the golden goose. And so you are going to get less capital growth, but it's still often faster than inflation. Now, of these pros, I think the most convincing is definitely number one, the inflation proof. That's huge. Thinking about how much you've got to take from your return every year to put back into the asset just to keep up with inflation just doesn't make sense. Now let's talk about the cons. Ed, take it away. Well, con number one is that higher entry price because you're not going to be using any leverage or not a lot of leverage, not a lot of the bank's money to purchase these. So you do need to build up considerable assets first. So you might be spending $900,000 on a property. There are some properties we're looking at for Golden Goose investors that are $1.3, $1.6 million. Now, if you don't have that much money, there are other things you can invest in. But often, we're talking about quite a considerable sum to buy in. Whereas with a term deposit, you might only need five or $10,000. Con number two, less diversity than in a fund. So with a fund, you can invest in property, shares, cash, bonds, everything. Whereas property, it's just one investment type. And you might only have two or three investments, two or three properties. So it is going to be less diverse, and that does come with some risk. And that risk really is that your income can and still will vary. You can still have vacancy if investing in property. Now, we can try and mitigate that by having multi-income properties that have two to four income streams, but there's still less diversification. You can't get around that. There's also capital costs that can come up. You might have a burst hot water cylinder that costs $10,000. At some point in the future, you might need to borrow $30,000 against a property in order to replace the roof. Those capital costs do come up and you need to think about these. The other thing is that rents don't go up consistently at a perfect 4 or 5% a year, every year, boom, 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 boom. You get spurts within the market. Look, it is pretty consistent, but it's not always going to be exactly 4% every single year. So sometimes it will be more, sometimes it'll be less. But look, when we weigh it up with people who are nearing retirement or who are wanting to transition into having that passive income by following the golden goose strategy, many people opt for high yielding property because they want the stability of income, they want their asset to be inflation proofed, they want their income stream to be inflation proofed, and they also want to do this at an acceptable level of risk. Now, whatever an acceptable level of risk means for you, and that can be different for different people. 
But certainly, if you've spent 20 years and your whole working life building up an asset base, many retirees will opt for something that is lower risk because they don't want to put that capital base at risk. Because if you lose it and you're 75, the chances of you building that back up, slim to none. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. Come along to our webinar tonight. I want to see you there. It's on tonight, Tuesday, the 8th of November at 7pm. Link's down in the description. Tap or swipe over the cover art. It's in there. Or just go to our website, opusparts.co.nz. You are going to hear our predictions for both house prices and interest rates in 2023. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Evan Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time. <laughs>